radar come be On a hippie trail head full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast Well I'm not coming from down under, but uh, our guest is finally back from down under. My name is Connor Jones. I am your host of the Shit Show Fantasy Football League's Helmet to Helmet podcast. And, uh, well, I'm still coming to you from a civilized nation. Um, one that uses Twitter way too much. By the way, if you want to follow the, uh, the pod on Twitter, that's at helmet the number two helmet or uh myself at rambler jones you can also support the podcast by uh well you know going to uh going to anchor fm and sending money or just giving me money or sharing it with your friends i uh i've done that the podcast has currently been shared with uh with my mom and my grandma I'm pretty sure they don't even listen on a regular basis, but all that doesn't matter. It is week eight, and how is everyone doing? We uh, we have a very exciting bit of uh, trade information right off the top of our pod. This is a bit of a blockbuster, I'll tell you. Uh, so I've been a bit trade happy this year. Frankly, so has Daniel. And it appears that we have found, well, I've just found my fiance's dog. Um, that's Lacey, everybody. Thanks for the cameo, Lacey. Um, Daniel and I found comfort in each other's arms again. Uh, not, not like that. Uh, ooh, moving on. Daniel traded me Julio Jones, Lamar Miller, and Kenny Galladay for OBJ and Marlon Mack. Obviously, Daniel sees a lot of benefit in Marlon Mack. I, I am recording this on a Monday night, so I can tell you I know what's happened Sunday. I, uh, I won't be able to tell you much about what Julio Jones has done for me or OBJ for him, but Marlon Mack did a hefty bit for uh for daniel's bench yep and as did lamar miller for my bench in fact if i had played lamar miller instead of kenny galladay that would have been the difference maker in my matchup but that's for another time speaking of the difference maker in my matchup moving on to our quick question this one comes from john making a uh, a rare request this one came in via Twitter. John asks, How do I pick my defenses? Uh, John is uh, John's a bit of a troll. I don't know uh, if I've been talking about my defenses particularly week over week, but I do a bit of a bad job. Um, I own Bears defense. And I did own Jets defense. They were one and two for a while in terms of rankings this year. This week, I wasn't sure about how the Bears would line up against New England. So I got antsy and I picked up the Buffalo Bills thinking as they played Indianapolis, Andrew Luck would be very friendly for a couple of interceptions, maybe a pick six. That's all you need for a great game. No, no, Andrew Luck was perfect. Well, not perfect, but Andrew Luck was interception and fumble-free. And I ended up with negative two points, while the Bears, happy as can be, ended up negative... Uh, <laughs> uh, excuse me. The Bears got me three on my bench. The Bills got me negative two. And uh, if I had played the Bears like I should have, that would have been just that many more points. I think that's a five-point swing. That could have that could be my matchup. I don't know. Julio's is gotten it out for me now, but that could be all over. I've only seen a moment or two of tonight's games, and I'm not happy about it. So uh, if you hear me uh, sucking on a popsicle in the background here, it's because I am literally taking a heavy dose of fuck it all. Uh, today's podcast, in fact, is sponsored by 
fuck it all. If you've ever just wished that you could forget whatever it was that made you blow up at your wife, if you've ever wished that that boss that's always breathing down your neck just poofed, well, you should try asking your pharmacist about fuck it all. I know I have. It's done me wonders, especially with this fantasy league. Moving on. We got a little bit of news I can tackle, everything that hasn't happened on a Monday night. So basically this is pre-Monday night, uh, just in case you've been living under a rock. What do you live under a rock? Marshawn Lynch has officially hit the IR. That's, uh, I believe, his groin. John Gruden did say he was worried about it. Well, now he is officially out. So he had a right to be worried. Uh, look for Jalen Richard in that backfield. He won't be worth anything, but look for him. You'll be looking for him every Sunday, too. Josh Allen's still going to be out. So it looks like it is the... Uh, I believe it's... Derek Alexander? He was the backup to Cam for a few years. Anderson. I believe it's Anderson. Who cares? Not worth picking up. Uh, but play your defenses against the Bills. They will be more ineffective than normal. Uh, again, I said this last week, but Raheem Mostert is a must-start. Breda is looking like he's going to miss a little bit of time. He had an ankle problem. He's been fighting off things left and right. There's a popular meme amongst those who follow fantasy. Breda will literally die in the first quarter, and he'll be back on the field in the third. But no longer. He even himself admitted he needs to stop trying to do that because he is hurting his team. And as a Niner fan, how could you possibly hurt us more than we've been hurt already? God damn. My Niners screwed me. I'll get to that in a little bit, too. We have uh, erroneous reports of Lev Bell doing any number of things. The thing he hasn't done is shown up. It's Monday. He was supposed to show up today. He hasn't. My uh, James Conner for Devontae Freeman trade is looking worse every day. Uh, Amari Cooper. This is a big one. This one gets uh, an alert all its own. Breaking. The Cowboys literally don't have any interest in winning ever. Because they have traded next year's first round pick, which is looking to be a high pick, for Amari Cooper. A man who is going to earn $700,000 this year and $13 million next year before he finishes his contract. So, uh, that's pretty stupid. But John Miller... John Miller. Whoa. Not rather... John Gruden, the no longer announcer named John, he, uh, man, he's racking up first round picks. He must really not like having people with talent on his team. And, uh, I don't know when you, when you're given a contract for 10 years, you might as well give us a full, uh, Greek saga. You know, it's the the fall of the empire which there wasn't an empire and then it's the couple of years lost at sea looking almost hopeful and then all of a sudden they come home triumphant but people in oakland won't get to see that and uh honestly with marshawn lynch to ir unless he finds the fountain of skittle youth he uh he i believe his contract ends this year he's not going to la or las vegas sorry everyone I, i'm screwing up left and right. It is a Monday night, as I've mentioned before. I uh, I have some things going tomorrow night, so I won't be able to record this at my normal slot, but you get this a day early, so you're welcome. Moving forward, though, Sony Michelle is likely out, and this is my estimate, mind you, two weeks or more. He uh, didn't look good. He kind of got twisted around. Um, no confirmation on what exactly the injury was, but if you uh, if your name is Christian and you own James White, congratulations. You own, for the moment, the only running back that's worth owning in, uh, in New England. We'll see. They'll probably bring back somebody. Who knows? Albert Wilson looks like a torn or heavily sprained or strained. I think, I don't know how you could sprain a labrum, but it's his labrum. That's his hip. He's, uh, he's probably out until late in the season. So, in other words for the season because he's not 
worth watching if he comes back week 16. Um, I already mentioned Matt Bereda. Fournette, they are saying he is likely out until after the team's bye week, which makes sense. Um, but I wager it's longer. They just went out and picked up Carlos Hyde. So I have a feeling Fournette may not be back for several weeks if he comes back at all if their season's bad keep an eye out uh unfortunately this week i'm gonna have to skip players who sucked due to uh aforementioned doing things constraints and since i don't have a full picture for the monday night games of who sucked maybe julio really screwed me this week hopefully saquon barkley sucked but i won't rob you guys of the drop so at least have it you suck um, in fact, I'll just say I suck for not being able to get you guys that segment. The, uh, the match of the week, however, oh, not going anywhere. No way. I am not giving up. You have to. No, I don't. So, uh, our match of the week this week was, uh, I'm calling it the long time coming bowl. Uh, for both sides of the equation, in fact, long time coming, I know. That uh, both Jace, who was 2-4 and four going into this week, and Nathan. Nathan at 6-0 and oh so far this year. They both had this long time coming. Jace had been middle of the pack, trying desperately to, uh, to break out, uh, get ahead with a, a frankly alright team. Uh, a streaky team, I'd call it, but an alright team. Well... I would say he put a hurt on Nathan, but in fact, what Nathan did is kind of nothing. He had a, a few duds. Obviously, Sony Michelle was in his lineup injured during the game. But uh, who knew? All it took for Nathan to lose by 30 points was losing Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown being on bye, of course. Um, but man, this one, uh, yeah, this that's i i don't know what what to say except thanks jace and um nathan i hope you continue to fall on your face because i'm gonna need one of your guys's spots in the playoffs ah which brings me to an important point this has been discussed with everyone who is active in our group chat uh that is to say all four of you but we have been contemplating something that i believe i had already told john was in uh in effect uh your own if you're listening this one is important we'd like to have everybody sort of weigh in and vote on this i was remiss this season in thinking that we had six playoff spots to begin the year i thought i had said it that way and i thought it rolled over it turns out i had not said it but i very much think that that is the best way to do it i think it keeps people interested late into the season and it doesn't affect the top teams. It doesn't hurt them because the first of the three weeks of playoffs that come after is a bye week for the top two teams of each division because our, our league is divided by divisions for those not in it. Um, so I absolutely think we should mid-season, and I don't normally advocate for mid-season changes, but this one won't affect us. We should have six teams, and I'm willing to make that change for the playoffs it just removes a single game at the end of our regular season. So we go from 14 regular season matchups to two playoff matchups, that's week 15 and week 16, uh, to an additional playoff matchup. So playoff start week, thir uh, week 14 is week one. So John and Yaron, I guess, is who I'm waiting to hear on this. Uh, we we could technically push it through on a simple majority, but I always like hearing from everyone first. So uh, hit me up when you get the chance. Uh, Yaron, you'll have to forgive us if we don't necessarily wait for your response. It depends on how quickly we get everybody to feed back to us. I can't wait too many weeks. Um, hoping to implement that by the end of week nine. That's next week. Um but moving forward from there to, uh, to I Have Regerts and uh, you know it's this one goes t 
to myself as well. Uh, John hit on it already, but um, yeah, I went away from the number one defense against an all right offense. Uh, they haven't been lights out, the Patriots, and had a five point uh, five point swing there. And I just overall, I I don't know what else I would have done. You know, it's one of those changes that you kind of look uh, look back at in retrospect and you go, would I really have thought that? That's, there's a better answer for you, John. I look at the matchups. I look at projections. I look at uh, the performance of the offense over the last couple of weeks. I missed it when it came to the Bills. I just kept hoping for the upside of turnovers and pick sixes. But... Um, yeah, it's a little bit of a theme going on as I'm overthinking my defenses and screwing myself every week. So maybe that's part of my uh, soon-to-be 2-5 and five record. But you can't win them all. Um, a second category <laughs> that we won't be able to get to this week is going to be schooled. And I apologize, but I'll give you a little bit of Ron Swanson again. Under my tutelage, you will grow from boys into men. From men into gladiators. And from gladiators into Swansons. Uh, yeah, at least we got to hear it. But the part we've all been waiting for. We finally got our long international champion back. Back into civilized soil. Back into the country of freedom and American flag bikinis and gross combinations of greasy food. Phoning it in today is with the Thunder from Down Under, our neighbor from the north, and any other number of things we can attribute based on where he has lived in the last several years. Phoning it in is with last year's champion, Austin. <laughs> Here we are. This is uh, our phone conversation now with Austin Machado, freshly into the United States after a, a lengthy trip abroad. Austin, where were you, man? Uh, so I've been down in the land down under, mate. Fucking Australia last uh, three and a half years. Three, three, uh, almost three and a half years here. But um, still hasn't uh, delayed me from kicking your guys' ass the last few years. You know, uh, it's it's funny that you should say that. I guess before we get too deep into your personal history, for the sake of our listeners out there who haven't been a part of our league, we can get into your league history. Because um, I have to refute that kicking our ass comment. <laughs> um, in uh, in 2015, our first year, for instance, you, uh, you came in fourth. Respectable. That's playoffs. Yep. Uh, you were only seven and six, however. Yep. Uh 2016 you uh you pulled a bit of a wt shout out to wt out there you ended up five and ten and Ooh. uh rolled into eighth place <laughs> wasn't wasn't expecting him to pull the stats on this actually <laughs> <laughs> i do my research uh despite what my defense choices week over week uh mm. show um of course, last year. Let, let, you... let, yeah, let's get to 2017. That, that sounds like a good year, doesn't it? It's like a vintage wine. Yeah, well, you're going to have to be pretty drunk to ignore this year. But last year, you were uh, 10 and 4, and you ended up just steamrolling our league with uh, Todd Gurley. That is to say, Todd Gurley steamrolled our league. Uh, I don't think he moved once from your running back. I, I think even on his bye week, you rolled him in there. Oh, yeah, that um, was playing him every day. So he he basically got you that first place victory. You knocked me out in the semifinals. Uh, which good match. Man, that was a great match, actually. It was a great match. It was upsetting because I had the second highest point total of the semifinals, and it would have been you and me in the finals. And if you look at our point to totals in our respective matchups in the finals, I would have toppled you if I had made it. So that mm. was a close setup. That was just luck of the uh, bracket, if you will. <laughs> but um i guess 
for both of us, those were kind of greener pastures because now we are, uh, well, we're both not doing so hot. You are one in five. and uh, I will be two in five here, I think, in a, in a few minutes exactly. or an hour I, here. I was actually going to give this one to you. you I was going to say 10th. But you're actually ninth based on whether oh, or not you're tonight. Yes. So uh, you're only four away from making it into the playoff bracket. Um, well, I guess three away. You can be sixth. But uh, yeah, you're about to go two and five. You had a pretty good week for like the first time this year. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, well, it's good to have you back stateside so you can start paying attention again. I To, uh, to get, into a little bit more deep of a topic if if i remember correctly uh you are canadian was that born and raised uh so yeah born originally in canada and uh family moved over to boston when in my early teenage years and uh did um my high school years out in boston and then obviously uh moving down to georgia to go for university there at the um, scad and then now a new expat over to Australia for a while there. So okay. I've been moving a, moving a lot, and uh, that's always been fun and uh, keeps it interesting. So I, I guess I, I'm safe in assuming that you didn't pick up football until you started high school in Boston then, right? Yeah, pretty much growing up, it was always, um, well, everyone is going to assume hockey. That's my second sport. It's definitely um, European. European uh, football, as the Americans love to call soccer, has always been my pride and joy, where my heart is. And um, yeah, I picked up uh, American football like late into, um, late into high uh, high school in Boston, and really actually picked it up more when uh, moved down to Georgia. And so that Southern culture, I think, really just like thrived it. Yeah. Well, you know what they say is uh, a lot of the southern states, people view uh, they view their sports like football and baseball as ways to get out of their small hometowns. So it doesn't surprise me that it, it grew more when you came to SCAD. Plus, the city of Savannah, Georgia, for those who have never been of the uh, nine people who listen, that's nobody. Uh, even my mom's been. But uh, if you are ever interested savannah georgia is gorgeous and it has one very important factor that i think influenced your ability to get caught up in football even more and that is the bar scene just crazy down there for being frankly a quaint little southern town otherwise um so all right and uh Picking up football in Boston obviously meant you became a Patriots fan. Oh, yeah. I sort of rolled in there at uh, the perfect years of uh, the, their back-to-back uh, championships in the early 2000s. And, um, yeah, was just sort of lucky to come into a team that was becoming a dynasty and um, sort of rolling over the league for the last uh, decade, it seems. Yeah, well, and uh, I guess you could say, in a way, the Patriots and I have a lot in common. We uh, we were the stalwarts. We had some back-to-back championships, but we're we're always in it. But we haven't won it in at least a year. So uh, some close heartbreaks. I... Some close heartbreaks for you. <laughs> well, I think what's funny is we have you, uh, who have you've lived in the Boston area. We have uh, Nathan, who we will interview soon, as soon as I can get him to commit. Uh, He's from Boston, both Patriots fans. I think we even have another Patriot fan in our league, or maybe that was uh, in previous years. But, like, despite all of that, every single year, I am the one who takes Gronk. I... I wanted him bad this year and i've always i have always wanted him but he just doesn't really line up to where i draft i mean this year i got a little shafted drafting 10th which is okay as the um old champion i understand i need to be evened out this year but um i wasn't going to jump on him at 11 this season um but if he came around again i was definitely jumping on him and uh i think he only took him actually i think four picks before i was coming back 
Yeah, I believe you're correct. Um, actually, that's some interesting insight for people who aren't in our league, looking at starting your own league or commissioning a league. You mentioned that uh, you won last year and you did happen to end up uh, 10th draft pick this year, but we have a much more creative way of doing that. We actually don't just inverse our standings, which isn't bad uh, for those it's who an average average way to do it. Yeah, it's, we like it's, that. We, we like to have some fun, I think, in our league. Yeah. Well, what was this last year? So this last year, we actually decided to um, have our draft standings based off of uh, World Cup uh, goal. That's right. Totals. That's right. So this year. We, uh, with the World Cup happening, we were randomly assigned uh, by a number generator, mind you. Uh, we were randomly assigned uh, soccer teams, uh, excuse me, football teams, um, that were the top 10 ranked during the World Cup. And total goals for, not, inclu- not including... Uh, um, man, my soccer knowledge is so bad right now. Um, shootout goals. We uh, we let those determine our order, and uh, because luck is a fickle bitch, it was our two yet-to-be-filled teams that ended up first and second pick in the draft. And uh, Austin, you had... Was it Brazil? Beautiful, uh, no, I had beautiful Poland who scored oh. a total of one goal in the World Cup. That's that's right. Uh, yeah. That said, there were some teams that people had where you would have normally expected just an absolute multitude of goals, and they got eliminated early. I, for one, was Portugal. I only got fifth. It was obviously France won the World Cup, so their total naturally was higher than everyone else followed by Belgium, because uh, I don't think we had England or Croatia assigned to anybody in our leagues being not top 10 ranked, according to recent things. I don't want people coming after me for not getting that right. Um, but previous years, we did uh, Tour de France. Um, that was overall... F- was that overall time finish? No, that, that was a team finish in ranking. Yes. So, well, no, actually, it was better than that. It was... Who, whichever was the first finishing member of a team was the high water mark for, um, for so everybody was assigned like Team Sky. Oh or yeah, team it, was, it was the highest um, highest racer for a team. That was it. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, uh, you might be lucky and get Team Sky or any other. I don't know very many anymore, um, but it it you could have a bad team who happened to finish fourth overall and give you a great draft so um year before that i believe it was olympics which was just freaking amazing uh probably my favorite my favorite one so far yes no by far i didn't you have hungary or was that someone else no No, i I was lucky i was lucky enough to grab france that year Mm. who is still Mm. a decent um olympic qualifier so that was good for me yeah that and, and that one was the one i think where i was able to draft uh, todd Gurley. um i'm not sure because that would have been oh, that was two years ago so now i did draft todd Gurley that year i have i did uh double dip on him two years in a row there i was lucky enough oh no you're correct yeah 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 well um that's a that's just a, a little bit of insight into our league for everybody out there who's not in our league or looking to start their own. Um, I guess uh, to bring it back to more present day, how are you feeling about how you're doing this year? And I, I know that could be an obvious question. You're two. You're about to go two and five. You uh, you've been traveling and therefore maybe not up on all the latest info, but. Are you still optimistic? Do you think you could sneak into the uh, the back end of the playoff bracket? Um, you know, that's, that it has been tough when I was traveling. Obviously, um, you don't have internet connection a lot of the time, especially when you're traveling in Asia. Um, and then also these last two weeks, I've had my phone stolen in Asia and wasn't even able to. I had the number one pick in the waivers and wasn't able to do anything with it because 
I had no access to a phone or a computer on days when I needed to set my lineup or pick on more importantly on that waiver, which is sort of hindered the progress I think I could have made. And now that um, this week, I'm just hoping now I'm back in the States, I can watch the games. I can sort of listen back to the podcast a little more frequently and I can um, get the insider tips and trades going now. I uh, I definitely hope so as well, mostly because what I need now, if I'm ever going to make it into the playoffs, is an exceptional level of other people losing that I need to lose. And for that to happen, I need the teams that are technically below me. Uh, you won't be for very long if I lose this matchup this week. Uh, I, I need everybody else to just kind of go belly up. Uh <laughs> It's a precarious position with how mediocre the majority of our league has been. And then we have three really good teams. So it's um, it's really unpleasant to be in this league this year. It's, it's nerve-wracking. Um, it's still really open. It very much is. Uh, well, and you mentioned, you know, being back in the States and finally having internet access uh, on a regular basis, that is that you're looking to be able to make the moves that are necessary, some, you know, late season waiver acquisitions. Who are, uh, who are some players that you're witnessing now, whether uh, played this last week and you think they're worth picking up or maybe as a result of the multiple trades that have just gone through in the NFL proper uh, that you're going to be targeting or trying to keep an eye on now that you have that access? Who, who are people that you think can make an impact down the stretch? Well, I'm not sure who's really noticed um, today, but um, big trade in the NFL was Amari Cooper going over to the Dallas Cowboys for a first-round pick. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. It brings um, a number one wide receiver who obviously hasn't been performing this season last, you can argue, but the man just has so much talent when he came out of Bama. Um, we saw it his rookie season, and he's flashed it at moments. But now that he has a legitimate running back to distract defenses and, and can argue a possibly middle-of-the-tier quarterback still, but a man who can also still move the ball all with his own legs, can distract the defense, could possibly open up um, some uh, running room for him. And I think it's not for Amari necessarily, but I think it's actually going to help uh, Dak Prescott, who is in our league's waiver wire um, still, and um, who has now a legitimate number one wide receiver there. I uh, I completely agree. I think as a uh, Zeke owner, I am hoping that Amari Cooper stretches the field, thins out the defense a little bit, so Zeke can do what Zeke normally does, but what he chose not to do this week. Um, Shit all. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I do not want to... Uh, I don't want to look at my team. I know the games are happening as we speak. I don't even want to look. Um, you, know, you, you know, during that Cowboys game, Mike was jumping up and down every time Zeke got hit. I just... It it wasn't a good week. I'm about to lose. Uh, if I haven't mentioned this in the the rest of the podcast already, uh, I'm about to lose to a team that had Shady McCoy, who got exactly one yard before going out with an injury, and who had Dalvin Cook put in the lineup. And uh, I believe the exact words for explanation as to why Dalvin Cook was in his lineup was, "I got pissed." drunk last night and forgot to take him out so i had a guy who literally passed out and left dalvin cook in his lineup and i'm going to probably lose uh that's wonderful um just not a good year for champions i think uh so far knocking on wood but uh you know things can turn around and i guess a part of that would be um being able to make the right decisions um, that said, what's your go-to method for when you need to pick a player over another, you know, let's say you have two similarly, uh, projected, um, players on your bench and you need to decide who's your flex. What's, what's your personal method? 
Um, to be honest, like I like to really just look at the defense um, for injuries and how they performed the last game versus that position. Um, this week we saw some defenses who were strong flutter, um, which allowed for some breakout games. And then we saw some defenses that had been just averagely weak and they exploded and now gave guys um, goose eggs. Um, so we never know really what's going to happen with that, but I usually do try to compare uh, defensive performance from the week before versus that team and to see how my player can possibly perform against the same defense if any injuries happen within that week. Um, so everyone's always looking at injuries for their offensive players because that's who we are always picking up and trading and on our benches, but always looking at who the defensive team you're playing against for that position seeing their injuries has always been a really important thing for me to check. Um, and then in the end, it's always just a gut feeling. You want to believe in a guy. Um, I have a guy on my bench. Um, I'll call him out Isaiah Crowell. And I never know what he's going to do. I never, I don't know if he's going to run for 200 yards and break, uh, um, season records, or he's going to give me five yards. Well, uh, it's interesting. You pick out, Isaiah Crowell after talking about Amari Cooper, because they are literally the same person, just different positions. Oh, yeah. And last well, season, I actually made that trade. If you remember, I traded Amari Cooper for I, I traded uh, Crowell for Amari Cooper. My first game with Amari Cooper, 34 points. The rest of the season, he averaged three. Yeah, that's unfortunately Amari Cooper's uh, M.O. while he was a Raider. We'll see what he becomes when he's a uh, a Cowboy. Um, and I, I definitely understand what you're saying, getting a little deeper on your analysis, picking between players. That's a uh, an excellent way to go about it. Um, but yeah, I think this week was an anomalous year. Uh, not year, rather. This week was an anomalous week for defenses and uh how they normally match up against offenses we we definitely saw some some weird tips um in fact i think tips not to say uh literal tipped balls but specifically tips as in teams changing their uh their usual output a great example is uh you played your own this week and Baltimore defense, a, a very stout defense against, granted, New Orleans. Baltimore was, I believe, undefeated against Drew Brees. And uh, obviously they lost because of a missed extra point. But even despite that, they I don't believe they had any sacks. Oh, one, they had one sack and one fumble recovery. But that dropped them three. I don't think most people would have expected somebody like Baltimore to have that little... Um, that little production as a defense compared to what they've been doing. The number one scoring defense in football, of course. Would would love to have seen the percentage of uh, leagues that started Baltimore versus the amount of leagues that started Broncos, who we all know just destroyed it this week. Well, that's a, a particularly hurtful comparison in my case because it was Thursday morning and I was trying to decide what my defense should be, and somebody else grabbed Cardinals defense because I was thinking Cardinals at home, that's that's a stout defense. Um, gosh, that might be helpful. And then I looked, and I was 10 minutes too late. Uh, they had been taken, and I thought about it, and I go, ooh, Denver defense is sitting down there, but it's, I was looking up, people were saying, ah, it's at home, or it's a, an away game for them. Cardinals are at home, Josh Rosen, you know, I, I bought into the idea that maybe David Johnson had a resurgent game. Um, I'm an idiot. That was probably the lowest scoring projected game of the, the week. And so I left them on the bench and instead grabbed the mighty Buffalo Bills defense against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and of course, Indianapolis for the first time, and I think two or three weeks didn't throw any interceptions whatsoever. And I ended up with negative two points. So, yeah, Denver D is suddenly looking like they might be back on track, but they are spotty. They're not the Denver defense that Natalie drafted third overall in uh, 2016. Ouch. Ouch. 
but memory. yeah that, that draft <laughs> i will i think i've brought it up almost every week but man cam newton in the first uh i be, i believe it was justin tucker or someone some kicker uh in the second in the no that was third round she she gra- drafted um kicker for the was matt bryan of the falcons in the third round she drafted that's right and it was uh denver d was second then yeah oh oh natalie you you beautiful northern new uh new york i don't you're an enigma you're an enigma but we appreciated you well i guess uh toss you a couple of um a couple softballs here to close it out i guess i like asking this one but what what personally keeps you coming back to fantasy football every year uh and i guess before answering that i should ask were uh were you in fantasy football leagues before joining our our scad league uh our senior year all those years ago um no i wasn't like um when you guys sort of uh proposed it to me i'd been asked before and wasn't wasn't super interested in it but um yeah when we when you guys asked uh, all those years ago i was like yeah let's do this and obviously for me i am just such a competitive person and just knowing i get to uh compete with some of my best friends here and um has always been great but um when i was in australia it was really like just being able to keep in touch with people like i really cared about and just building this connection with uh, the people in my league has always just kept me every year coming back and like that drive to keep winning or wanting to win initially. And uh, now I've I've gotten the taste of that win, uh, that championship. Uh, I'm just going to keep on nipping until I get it back again. And um, I've joined a, a – don't take this heartfully, but I've joined another league just so I can keep in touch with um, some other friends and now that I've moved away from Australia. So it's uh, once again, just like something that's able to keep in communication and keep competing with those people that are close to you. I, uh, I like that answer. And honestly, I'm pretty sure pretty much everybody except maybe Christian and Nathan are in secondary leagues. So it's, it's understandable, and uh, we can't expect to be your only friends who happen to like football. Uh, though, that said, um, that's basically what Christian and Nathan have said. Um, but yeah, no, that's great. That's that's the whole reason why I enjoy playing fantasy as well, is being able to keep track of people, uh, and it gives me a reason to talk about things. What, what was that uh, commercial... You might not have seen it down in Australia, but this was like a year or two years ago. Um, it was this whole commercial around the idea of like when uh, when you're with your friends, it was like this alternative reality. If you didn't have fantasy football, you're with your friends and it's just silent. And it was like, friends don't let friends not talk about fantasy football. And it was just, it was hilarious. I'm probably butchering it, but honestly, it I went down, uh, as everyone knows, to see Christian last week, and I'm pretty sure a solid 35% of the time we were just talking about football. So, I mean, I flew all the way to China to see Nathan, um, and we were literally sitting there in China setting our lineups, joking about our matchup, and we were actually facing each other that week as well, if you guys remember, and... uh, just talking shit the entire week in China. Didn't care about like seeing the sights, getting food. We were just <laughs> talking shit about who was going to win because we were able to do it face to face again. And it was great. Well, and I guess that, that begs the question since you did lose to Nathan, how did it feel having to buy his beer? Uh, yeah, that was a little painful, but um, he did give me a free accommodation for a week in China. So I really did win that one. Yeah. No, that's true. I guess that's uh, that could also be applied to my time down in San Diego. Uh, it was an all-expense-paid trip to go down and surprise him for his birthday. Slept in his house. Ate some of his food. So, even when we're losing, we're winning. Isn't that what it's like to be a champion? <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, well, uh, I guess the last one to, to hear, uh, hear you out on, uh, to send you off. Uh, I, I expect this to be slightly different being that you were raised in Canada and are of Canadian parentage, but what, what's your Sunday football routines and your go-to football snack? Well, it's been weird these last few years because actually I have to watch my been having to watch my football Monday morning while I've been at the office. Um, one screen with uh, work going, like drawing up some architectural uh, plans, and then on the other screen, uh, all the football games streaming and just having to minimize everything as the boss walks by. Um, <laughs> snack is a large coffee to be able to be up that early to watch the games. <laughs> I feel it. Okay, so a coffee, not not a caffeinated Fosters. No, no, actually not. You can't get the Fosters anymore, mate. I can yeah. get it in England. Ooh, well, that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. I'd like to see how well that uh, that Sunday snack holds up while you're back in in normal time zones. Yeah, we'll have to switch it up. Maybe get some chicken wings and uh, some little, like those mini hot dogs all the Americans love. Yeah, that are wrapped in a little blanket. Oh yeah, little uh, Pichin blanket. Yes. But uh, that was a bad German accent. I apologize <laughs> to all zero of my German uh, listeners out there. But um, Austin, it's it's great to have you back. Uh, let me know if you're coming up to the Pacific Northwest, whether that's for interviews or whatnot. I may not have free accommodation for a week uh, due to my unique living situation, but I will absolutely have you around and... Uh, yeah, if that ha- if that ends up being during the year, we'll have to figure that out and see if it doesn't take too much damage to position ourselves against each other for that week. Yeah, cheers, mate. It's always uh, great for the offer, and with, uh, it's been great chatting. And uh, hopefully, I do get to see you on this trip home. Who knows? Maybe uh, see if there's any good jobs up in the the northwest up there. Well, I uh, I've been trying to get WT up here for a while, and I'm I'm just thinking maybe. I just need to get the band back together. Let's just get everyone up here. We can make it, we can call it SCAD of the Northwest. So in my defense right now, I am an hour away from the old stomping grounds of Savannah, Georgia. So boys trip to Savannah, anyone up? You know, I'm thinking uh, maybe not Savannah, but next couple of years we should be doing a destination draft. I, I I tried to get it for Australia, remember that? And uh, I was nowhere close to getting anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think exactly one person could afford it, and we all know yeah. who that one person is, Christian. <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking maybe we pull Vegas, we could pull Savannah. We, we could make anything happen. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But that's for another time, and maybe I'll even be chatting with you when we host our... Uh, our group chaotic chat for the playoffs uh, at the end of this season. Austin, it's been, it's been excellent to have you on and rest assured this will be, uh, this will be cupped on either end of this interview with the you crying audio. Oh God. I'm still (laughs) horrified by that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it's my favorite audio drop that we have. I need more. I need more dirty drops on all of you that I can just use. Uh, yeah, you should ask uh, Mike for some uh, videos that he has of me. Maybe there's some good audio from them. Not really sure, but maybe he'll drop some hints soon. I'm uh, I'm thinking if somehow I do beat him this week, that should be his punishment. But all right, Austin, thank you so much. I know you're East Coast, and you're probably looking forward to a little bit of rest. So have an excellent night, and thank you again for joining us. Uh, cheers, mate. Take it easy. So as I promised, Austin, I was going to bookend both parts of your uh, interview with you crying. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> Easy there. I like to think of it as... Uh, just almost like a warning for people especially since you and i are both um 
<laughs> both not doing so hot this year. That that crying could just as easily be me in another week. We will see. But uh, as as you and I discussed after the interview concluded, the official announcement from the collaborative group of uh, international champions, the international champions representatives, have handed out an official statement from both former champions, uh, Austin and myself, and it reads, We hope you are enjoying this most auspicious and unfortunate of seasons for the former champions. We do regret that we are not more competitive in the Shit Show Fantasy Football League, trademark, and we wish to know how much delight the thought of not two dominant champions year over year is bringing to the peasants underneath their grand champions. And we thank you in this trying time for your support. So that there, uh, yeah, that's read straight from the representatives here of uh, all former champions in our league. And I have to concur. It's, uh, it's great to know that somebody else will finally get a chance to know what it feels like. Uh, I might be putting the cart before the horse and I will knock on wood that I can come back and scare you all with my honestly way too good to be this bad team but um who knows you got to give everybody a chance right uh speaking of a chance i'm gonna go give uh, a beer a chance real quick here i uh i mentioned this is happening on a monday night that's because Tuesday night I'm going down into Seattle proper and I'm listening to one of my favorite bands all time. They are touring the country right now after an album release. So to sing you out on this most auspicious of probably a loss for me this week, maybe a win. Here are the dulcet tones of Alex Turner. Way start your free trial today. Come on in the waters, lovely look. You could meet someone you like. You're in the meat of your strike. It is that easy. 